Welcome to the MomQ Podcast, where we provide you with the godly intelligence and biblical resources to find peace, hope, and joy on your motherhood journey. I'm Candace Nasser, the founder of MomQ, a community of moms building healthy families. I hope you will be inspired and encouraged as we talk to moms of all ages about how God is using their unique gifts and calling to build His kingdom. Well, welcome everyone. Today on our show, I have with me two of our MomQ Mentor moms, Amy Tips and Kendra Eccles. And I'm really excited about today because it's going to be a slightly different format. As many of you know, we just wrapped up our series, Becoming a Confident Mom. And the synopsis of that is episode 45, if you want to go check that out. The theme of that whole series is that as believers, because our identity is in Jesus, we can have peace and hope in the struggles and relationships of life. You can also find all of the messages from that series on our podcast if you want to re-listen to them or hear them for the first time. So as part of our wrap-up of a series, what we do is a we have a tradition of having a live panel of our mentor moms answer pre-submitted questions from our community members. And this year, we decided to go a step further and feature these mentor moms answering these questions on our podcast in pairs so that you not only get to hear their words of wisdom, but also get to know them a little bit. And so that's why I'm so excited. And so Amy and Kendra got the first draw. And let me introduce them to you for just a second. So Amy, welcome, Amy. Hello, I'm glad to be here. So glad you're here. Amy is a former high school teacher and coach with lots of ministry experience over the years, including Bible study fellowship leadership and Celebrate Recovery. She's also a certified life coach through the Forward Foundation. And Amy is passionate about emotional health and spiritual growth through discipleship, recovery, and walking closely with God on a daily basis. And she is a wise, gracious, and peace-filled woman of God. All right. And then I also have Kendra. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you. And Kendra is a native to Central Texas. She served in women's and children's ministry for over 20 years and has also been a worship leader in different capacities since she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And her smile is infectious. Kendra is fun. And her joyous spirit radiates Jesus to those around her. She appreciates authenticity and seeks to build relationships on the truth of God's word. And I love these ladies so much. So I'm just excited to have them share their insights with you today. So let's get started. Great. Ready? Thank you. Let's all do right. it. So first of all, it is that time of year when we're all pulling our decorations out of our storage and getting started. Some people have long been decorated. Uh, that is not me. But I'm just wondering what's up with you guys? How are you doing with that? Well, I am I have one little section now decorated, which is the fireplace in our kitchen area. But I have a five month old sheep a doodle puppy <laughs> that I I have to wait till she's napping to oh, do wow. anything else because she gets into all the boxes. So Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's just pacing myself. That's where I was this time last year, so I can very much relate. Yeah. Well, we 
we're the opposite, but we're the opposite of everybody. Oh gosh. Um, my husband, I mean, basically November 1st is when Christmas begins mm -hmm. in our house. I love it. The lights get put on the house November 1st. In fact, like mid October, my husband starts texting me. Have you talked to the light guys? Are they going to be here November 1st to put on the lights on the house? Oh my goodness. The tree goes up. Our anniversary is November 6th. The goal is that the tree is up by our anniversary every year. Um, we did, the tree was up and then we waited for our son to come home from college for Thanksgiving to decorate it. Okay. But you restrained yourself. We, but the Christmas music and the Hallmark movies all start early November. And I, and I love Christmas, but compared to my husband, the joke is that I'm like Scrooge, even though, <laughs> I mean, y'all know me, I, how everybody loves Christmas. I love Christmas, but compared to my husband, I'm, they all think that I hate Christmas, even though, because there so, just has to, I mean, what in the so world? funny. Right? I love it. Up. I also love that um, Jeff, your husband, may be the first man I've ever heard about that's a Hallmark junkie. Well, I love that. No, we have a next door neighbor. Oh. The husband is also, and they <laughs> tech, they have like a list of Hallmark movies and they like check them off, so... I just feel free to judge my husband. It's okay. I do. I judge no him. No judgment. No judgment. Oh, I love that it. That is so cute. I might have to check a few of those oh out. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, before we get started, um, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about your families, how long you've been married, and how many kids you have, and maybe what you like to do in your free time. And we'll start with you, Amy. Okay. I have been married to Michael for 35 years. We have four kids ranging. I can't even remember their ages anymore. That's so terrible. Um, my oldest is 33. I hope he doesn't hear this if I'm wrong. <laughs> and my youngest just turned 26, and all four of them are married. So mm. I feel like I have eight children, which is a huge blessing. Mm. And um, life is just a big adventure of young adults. Uh, no one told me early on that there might be a chapter that included young adults and grandchildren, which we're going to have our third one in February, and at the same time have aging parents and everything mm. that entails. So it's just a busy time. Busy time. Yes. Mm -hmm. But full yeah. of joy, full of blessing, too. Awesome. How about you, Kendra? Jeff and I have been married for almost 25 years. Uh, we actually met in high school. Mm. That's a that's a whole other story. But met in high school, didn't but didn't get married for like 10 years after that. Um, stayed friends, then got married later. Um, but uh, we have three kids: um, a 19 year old boy who is a freshman in college. So he's we've experienced a kid leaving home for the first time he's and he's out of state in Colorado so that's been um hard but really exciting for him to come home for the first time and he loves it and he loves it and ski season's about to start which mm. will be so fun so and then we have a um a boy who's a junior in high school and then a girl who's an eighth grader and we just um yeah you have a lot of fun. We do have a lot of fun. We love to hike. We love to, we love adventure. Um, I, we love tennis. So all of that, but yeah. Right. Very good. Busy families. Very good. All right. Well, so our questions um, kind of broke down into different categories and 
you two, we're going to be talking about some holiday traditions and how to handle Santa and some really good stuff about that. But first, we wanted to dive in a little bit deep to a couple questions or actually three questions we had about prayer and spiritual growth. And so I'm going to start with Amy again. Uh, So in MomQ, we talk a lot about the importance of having a close personal relationship with God. And we emphasize the need to read and engage with the Bible, God's word, and spend some time with him praying on a daily basis, if at all possible. But busy moms, as we know, it's really hard to find the time for that. So can you give us a couple practical ways that they can incorporate that practice into their daily life? Sure. I, um, in just full disclosure, this is an area that I struggled with as a young mom, and I'm thankful that um, it's different for me now, but I just want to encourage young moms to uh, persevere and battle for this. That I would tell you there isn't a more important thing to invest yourself in than the Word of God every day. So I kind of look at it, uh, there are practical ways. There's ways uh, we can be discipling our kids by reading the Word with them, mm. use their children children's Bible, use their devotionals. Um, but it gets you into the Word. Also, worship music, mm. just Fill your car all the time Mm. with it um, because it fills your heart with it. Um, But the main thing I think I would tell myself, tell my 30-year-old self now would be um, prioritize it. Make it the most important thing. Make it so it's not an option. And um, I think- Yeah, kind of like eating. Exactly. You know, and, and God's word is our daily bread and we need- we need to eat every day. Well, that's how the word of God really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about um, prioritizing it. I also think about the opportunity that we have to renew our mind every day. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think of uh, Romans twelve two, which tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, that's how important God's word is that, If I'm left to my thoughts and feelings every day, I'm in big trouble. But if I'm left to the wisdom that God's word is, then I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure out a way to uh, make it through a day, a way to Mm -hmm. parent, a way to love my husband. Um, I just have just every opportunity. And the end of that verse talks about then we'll know what God's will is, his Mm -hmm. good and perfect and pleasing will. And Um, I don't have to live in confusion every day with God's word. I can actually live in clarity. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's the main thing I would say, prioritize it, renew our mind and um, make it a habit. I always think it takes about two weeks to make a habit good or a bad habit. It takes about two weeks. And so uh, commit to it, battle for it. Don't worry about what it looks like. Mm. Just commit and then you'll see it, it just slowly over time, you, you begin to be changed by that habit. Mm. Yeah, because he, he speaks to us through his word. Yes. And, and we grow closer to him. So yes. I love that. Really good. Yeah. And just, just persevere to, to make it a habit. Absolutely. I, mm-hmm. In my devotional all week, um, 
been reading about God's story and, and the story that he has written, and that's the word, and then the story he wants to tell through my life. I, I, it's helped me because I think, how can he tell that story through me if I don't really know and understand his epic story, how perfect his faithfulness is, how um, hundreds of years before Jesus came, he put a plan in place to redeem me. And God's word tells me all of that. So mm. I just want, I do, I want, I want God to be able to tell the story of Jesus through my life. But I also have to join the epic story God's written in his word. So good, Amy. So good. Thank you so much. All right. So our next question uh, has to do with praying and dealing with wrong habits in our lives, um, specifically what we would call sin. And so as, as Christian moms, we know how important it is to pray. And we pray for our children and our families and our worries and our struggles. But we don't always think about praying for God to help us deal with the sins in our life. And yet the Bible is really clear that we are to grow in spiritual maturity and turn away from the sin that so easily entangles us. And so the question is, Kendra, mm -hmm. can you share a time when you prayed about a sin problem for you or your child and how God answered or maybe didn't answer in the way you thought he would? Yeah, that's a great question. Whoever asked that question, um, I... Well, I deal with sin every day. Each of my children do, just like all of you listening and all of your children. Um, but a specific example that comes to mind is um, is one of my one of my sons. And the specifics issue, I'm just gonna call it an issue for now, and then you'll see how that how that works its way out, but is the the issue or his struggle with being right and submitting to authority and not wanting to be wrong mm. against kind of all odds. And more specifically, that issue is with, is with me and our relationship. And he really doesn't like, he really struggles with being underneath my authority. So our relationship, we butt heads a lot. And so my husband could ask something or have an expectation of him. And that seems to be fine. But if it's my expectation or my communicating it to him, there is tension and there's a struggle and the way that he may handle it is it's sinful. It it's. And so that has really been a struggle for us. And, um, and so we've, you know, it looked different when he's, he's older now, he's a teenager, but, you know, as a young kid, um, and as a mom, I, you know, you do have authority in your children's lives. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as a young kid, we, we would talk about it and we would pray about it and we would, you know, I would bring it to his attention. And then as a teenager, you know, that looks differently. Um, that looks different when there are teenagers and how you deal with it. And um, the most important thing I would say that has allowed he and I to talk about this issue is me being transparent with him about my own sin. Because mm. then I'm coming to him. And so it's then more of a conversation of, hey, like, 
after the heat of the moment, just coming back and saying, can we really, can we talk about this? You know, what is it about this situation that you are really struggling with? And, and Hey, that's sin, you know, and, and what is it that struggles with you being underneath my authority? And why do you feel the need to be right? And why do you think that's difficult for you? And then, Hey, let me tell you about something that I really struggle with and here's how I've prayed about it. And so that is really broken down the barriers. So now when it happens, he is quicker to see it where I can just kind of go, Hey, can we, I kind of feel like this is heated. This we've dealt with this before. Can we take a second and step back and you go in your corner and pray about it. I'll go in my corner and pray Mm -hmm. about it. And then let's come back together And the other thing I've talked to him about is like, hey, you're going to be an adult someday and I can see this being an issue for you in your own marriage, you know? And so now as, and I know that that if you have young kids, you probably can't imagine having that conversation with your kids, but you can see how it plays out. Well, you said you could see this from when he was, when he was little. And I would say that like, hey, I've, I've seen this issue with you, with having the need to be right against all odds, even when you're not right. Like mm-hmm. here. And so, so whether it's, I mean, and sometimes, and I've done this too, even lying, knowing that you're lying, even just to be right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that it's doesn't hard. It's a hard issue. It is. It's a heart issue. It's a character issue. Mm-hmm. And so being able to just, um, but me being transparent with my own issues and saying, Hey, here's what I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I actually struggle with the need for people to like me. So I will do all kinds of crazy things and sometimes lie, sometimes stretch the truth or avoid things or, you know, in order for people to like me, because that's my goal. And that ends up being not good. That's a, that's a heart issue. That's a character issue for me. And so being able to be transparent with him about those things and just say, Hey, you, you really, you really need to deal with this with God because this is a sin issue for you. I think that is so important that we, you know, you're, you're being transparent, number one, which Mm -hmm. is, which is huge because they're going to model what they see us do. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're, you've been pointing him throughout his life, that this is an issue, Mm -hmm. um, that he's having to deal with it already at this age. I just, that's so great because like, I mean, He'll catch it sooner and sooner, I believe, the older he gets. It, it is. Yeah, it's true. He, he'll, he recognizes it mm-hmm. now. And so mm-hmm. educating our kids yes. on, because on, some, some of your kids are going to have different tendencies, yep. just like I yeah. have certain tendencies. Yep. And so, um, and often fear is the motivating factor mm-hmm. of sin um, when you break it down to the root. Um, and so, um but yeah, educating them on what their tendencies are and where their hearts tend to go and that it's, um, yeah, and then there's you can big be, consequences. And you can be praying about that yes. specifically because you've named it. Yes. You've called it out. You've named it. You talk about yours. He talks about his, you know, your whole family. I'm sure you're doing this yes. and modeling this. So naming and, it and praying for it. And praying for your kids' character and their hearts is so much more than praying for their 
achievements and and because that's the most important thing and their activities and all that yeah their Mm -hmm. character in their hearts because yes Mm. could not agree more yay love that okay and then um amy the other question was about when we pray for something and god seems silent and there's been many times in my life still to this day that I'm praying about something and, and he hasn't answered and I've been praying for years and it can be a little discouraging. So how have you dealt with those seasons? Well, I've definitely had lots of those seasons, um, seasons where I felt like I couldn't really hear from God or I wasn't hearing from him, um, just in general, and seasons where I felt like he wasn't answering prayers uh, in the way that I would want him to, or just even any answer. And so I do relate with that. Um, I think for me, what I can maybe see a little clearer now is uh, I I was bringing some heart issues, uh, my own personal heart issues Mm -hmm. into that where... um, I had to get some things right with the Lord. So I I guess that's what I would encourage all of you is just first look within, like what areas are we blind to in ourselves? Where Mm -hmm. what I know now about God is he is always at work. He is Mm -hmm. never silent, even in his silence. There is a God is so faithful to be transforming us on multiple levels Um, But oftentimes, we're not willing recipients. So sometimes the quiet is about us. It's about doing some digging and finding out what areas of our life are not fully surrendered to him. Mm -hmm. And let's get that right. And then I guess when God doesn't answer our prayers, um, what we, again, we know he's good. We know he's good, and sometimes the hard answer for us is he's not going to answer that prayer the way we want him to. Right. But it can't um, it can't alter our trust or our knowledge of him being good because yeah. that's who he fully is. He's always mm-hmm. faithful. He's always good. Amen. So it's a great yeah. answer. Really good. Yeah, just understanding that his ways are higher than mm-hmm. our ways. And that sometimes, you know, we think that something needs to happen and he, he knows best. And that's, it's a trust. Mm, it know. is a trust. And I, I think if I look back on my life now, I can't think of a single time where God wasn't faithful in the way he answered a prayer. Mm, it, that's a powerful statement. I can't think of one. Can you? I bet. No. I can't because it always, he, he has a better plan Yes, and you can look back and think, I mean, especially the really hard times like Mm -hmm. unemployment or Mm -hmm. death of a loved one or something like that. I mean, we don't know, we can't see, especially we're in the midst of it, but, but God is working. Like, I love what you said that he's always working behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, thank you, Amy. That's so good. All right, so now we're going to shift to our holiday talk, which is exciting given that we are in the season. And so one of the things that our moms had questions about was how to keep, or I guess sort of a a theme was how to keep Christ at the center of Christmas and 
specifically, the first question that we're going to address is how to handle the whole Santa thing. So uh, as Christian moms, that's always, that always comes up. So I'm going to let Kendra take that one on. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, just in case your kids are in the room with you listening, this might be a good time to, to <laughs> turn it off. So I'll give you a second to hit pause. But um, yeah, to answer that question, um, Santa, in my opinion, and in our home, Santa is not a bad thing. Um, it's a great thing. It's a really fun, magical thing. Um, but your husband, you know, it's a husband and a wife coming together. So if you're married, I um, strongly recommend you coming together with your husband as a team and figuring out how y'all are going to handle this. And because um, he's going to have strong opinions on that, like my husband, who has very strong opinions on it. Um, a goal for me, though, um, was that I was not going to lie to my kids. And that was a bigger deal to me as their mom than it really was for Jeff. And so I just said, yes, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. But the day that my children ask me point blank, mom and dad, are you Santa? I will answer it honestly. And that is by the way, important to talk about with your husband first, because mm -hmm. that, that's a, that can be really important to both of you. So, so I was clear and just said, you know, the day that this happens, I'm going to answer it honestly. And that day did come and I answered it. And, um, it, it was, it ended up being fine. Um, and Santa still happens even after they know right. what's going on. Right. It still happens. It's just, you know, with a different filter on it. Um, and, um, you know, one of the ideas also that some of my good friends have is they, they wanted the, in our house, Santa brought the big, big gift. But some of my best friends, they didn't want it to be that way. They were like, why would I let Santa get the credit? <laughs> so they were like, Santa brings a, a, a fine gift, but the big gift comes from mom and dad because they wanted that to be from them. So it wasn't, I guess it just kind of, anyway, that worked for them. So that's mm -hmm. an option mm -hmm. um, to talk about for your families. Um, I'm laughing because I think we were reading the same playbook uh -huh. <laughs> when um, our kids were little because, I mean, even the same thing, the big gift came right. from Santa, the whole <laughs> nine yards. But the day they looked at me and said, is Santa real? I said, let's have a talk. Yeah, let's have a talk. Mm -hmm. So I said, let's wait till your dad comes home because ah. I want him to be part of that. But I will answer. I was like, this conversation will happen when he gets home. I want him to be part of it. And I will tell you the truth. That's so good. So that's what I said. I love how you always respect so. your husband and include him. <laughs> so good. So good. Yes. So. You're such a model. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's a, it's a big decision. And, um, and just, just keeping Christ at the center of mm -hmm. it all. Um, how... How do you do that? Um, let's talk. One of the questions was about Pinterest pressures and just keeping holiday season balanced and not getting so caught up in it. And um, and so I'm going to both of you guys can address mm -hmm. just some of the ways that you handle um, the commercialization and keeping Jesus the reason for the season. So maybe, Amy, you can talk about the Pinterest sort of pressures because Kendra and I ignore Pinterest. So we don't so. laugh. We're like a a tribe of three that yeah. I don't do any social networking at all. 
Um, part of that is maybe my age, and part of it is I just don't think I handled the comparison thing well. It ends up being a real thorn for me, so I just don't look. So that's what I would tell you. If you're feeling Pinterest pressure, quit looking. <laughs> like, just don't look. And find some friends that don't either. Right. And then there's nothing to, right. <laughs> the pressure's not there. Right. And don't um, don't feel like what you do as a family has to be validated by an outside audience. Mm -hmm. I would look at the faces of your children. I would, you know, be on the same page with your husband, but you don't need anyone else to speak into what's meaningful to you mm -hmm. as a family. Yeah. And you, you told us a beautiful story mm -hmm. um, about your growing up with some traditions in your house. Yes. And I, I just love just what traditions mean. Traditions are just, things that are worth repeating and they're so meaningful that they get passed down to next generations and those were my Christmases and um, I really honestly don't remember any gifts that I got I don't remember a lot of questions about Santa or parents or I remember things that made me feel just really full and safe. Mm. And one of them was every year someone around the circle would read the, the Christmas story from Luke 2, and I'd look over, and every single year my grandmother would be crying. Mm. And that, just as a little girl, I remember thinking, man, this means so much to her. That was really attractive to me. And um, it gave me a desire to find out why. Like, why does grandma cry so at, mm. at the story? Well, because mm. it touched her heart every year. Um, I remember the smells of the food. I remember sitting with my favorite people around a table or sitting in uh, my dad's lap while we sang carols. Those are the things I remember. I remember the anticipation of driving to my grandparents' home. and. Um, that's to me um, what I would hold on to to then try mm -hmm. to give to my family or give mm -hmm. to even my friends' families. We always did a family Christmas party um, because not everyone comes from a history of traditions or warm and wonderful Christmas memories, but it is something we can share with our friends too, just to make Christ the focal point um, and just share traditions with each other, create something. Mm. Yeah. I like your, you were saying traditions that are worth repeating mm -hmm. and, and figuring out what those traditions are that, you know, that you would want to pass down. And some people out there listening may be really creative and Pinterest floats your boat and you love to get ideas mm -hmm. from that and more power to you. Um, I, you know, just, but I do, yeah, I think that the, the key is if it starts to, take over what you're accomplishing, like your, your point for the holidays. And that is putting Christ at the center, mm -hmm. celebrating his birth and enjoying family and the gifts that he has given you, then yeah, it's time to kind of put that aside. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Um, and then you, Kendra, had also some really good things to say about some traditions that you've done in your family. Yeah, I am. Um, two things, kind of the, what Amy was talking about of of how to focus on Christ. Um, something that we do is we always read Luke chapter two also before we open gifts. 
Um, so highly, I mean, that's just something that we've done for we do my that whole too. life. It's just so, mm-hmm. it's so great. And I always mm-hmm. cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but some other things of examples to do um, is, again, coming together with your husband and maybe trying to figure out together how to limit the amount of of just the the money and the gifts and the paper and the all of that just because it's stuff. chaotic yeah it's stuff all this stuff and how do you how do you limit that so coming together as a team ahead of time and just trying to figure out how do we how do we limit this what do you think it should be you know and and maybe just be really cognizant of limiting the amount of stuff mm-hmm. um but then as far as traditions I um, was just thinking about my own childhood and I grew up in a small town. And one of the things that we did through our church was a hayride and we would go caroling. And even though we live in a city now, that's still something that we continue. We, we have done the hayride a couple of times, but that requires a lot of effort. I don't recommend <laughs> it in Steiner, but um, you can just get your kids and your four-year-old and your six-year-old and your 12-year-old it's just, it's kind of fun. It kind of breaks down the barriers and get some jingle bells and wear something funny and just go around to some neighbor's houses and get a group of kids and make it kind of fun and just go sing Christmas carols and pass out candy canes. Like your kids will remember that yes. for years mm-hmm. and it's really fun and it's really easy and it's free. And mm. um, so that is, and also you can go to nursing homes if you are want oh, your kids great. to, you can. And so mm-hmm call ahead and just say, can we bring some kids to come do this? Or just, or just something that just gets them out of the, the me, normal. Me, me. Yeah, it's, not the, about them. it's not about me. It's something that's a little uncomfortable and it's different, but will make an impression on them. Um, so those are all really simple, free things. Mm. Um, and then something that we do that is one of my favorite, favorite traditions that we've done about the last seven years that is not free, but it is a Christmas carol at Zach Scott theater. Mm -hmm. It is the most amazing musical and there are $25 tickets. You have to get them early, but it is it. And your kids can handle it. It is one of my favorite traditions ever. And we, and it is very focused on Christ and just mm. the message is amazing. It's amazing. And it's one of our favorite traditions and I highly recommend it. And we have done it for the last seven make, or eight years in a row. Go. It is yeah. fantastic. Hmm. And it's a tradition. And my kids are like, are we doing that again? And I'm like, yep, we are. But it's also time for us to be together. Mm. And it's it's not easy to get everybody's schedules, but we do it. And it is something that they act like they don't want to do, but then once we do it, they they love it. You know, it, you're reminding me that, um, so food for some reason is very important in my family because I cook and my kids all cook. And, um, and somehow when my kids were little, we got in this tradition of going out to dinner Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. And we would go to this one restaurant. This was up when we lived in Philadelphia. And we would go to this one restaurant and the kids would always get the same thing. <laughs> See? And they still talk about that night. They mm-hmm. always like, it's Christmas Eve Eve. So yeah, whatever, that's you know, so fun. seems so silly, but it was special. Yes. Special. And I think um, we would find out 
how meaningful these things actually are to our kids. If we stopped doing them, they'd be so sad. Yes. If mm -hmm. you didn't take them to Zach Scott or you didn't do Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So true. It's very right. meaningful. Well, ladies, this has been a great conversation. I thank you so much for your time and your honesty and um, just wish you the best mm -hmm. of Christmas season and I hope to have you back on the show soon. Thank you. Thanks for hosting. Thanks for having us. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please feel free to share it with others who might be interested. You can also give us feedback in the comment section, and we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about anything you heard today or would like to suggest topics for us to cover in the future, message us on Instagram and Facebook at MomQ512. We'll see you back here in just a couple of weeks.